Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. Messing with your boy, better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. This is going to be a little different. And once again, I appreciate your patience uh, when it comes to listening uh, to the podcast. Um, As you can see, if you've been following me on my other social media spaces, um, I have been prioritizing um, doing videos, you know, kind of talking about the ills of what's going on in the world of sports and sports media and society uh, as a whole. Uh, just something, a project that I'm working on, you know, because you know how the streets are, you know how they try to do independent media, you know, sometimes you got to make your own opportunities, you know, if the opportunities are not coming, you know, to you, go out there and make your own opportunities. You know, for example, <laughs> the video that I did last week uh, about Ben Simmons, that video uh, to date has close to uh, 50,000 uh, views, if you go across all platforms, uh, it's closer to 75,000 views when you start adding in the Instagram, the TikTok, the YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, if you look at someone like Sports Illustrated, they did a video uh, on, on, on Ben Simmons. Uh, that video, all nicely, spectacularly produced, I'm sure it cost millions and millions of dollars, got 5,000 views. So sometimes you got to make your own opportunity. The streets want to hear what the streets you know, want to hear. But once again, I thank your patience. But I'm going to talk about some things that I think are a little bit too hot to handle on the timeline on the podcast because I find some of these things utterly uh, ridiculous. <laughs> utterly ridiculous. So, first off, if, if you didn't watch the Chappelle uh, special, yeah, you probably just want to jump to the next segment. But if you watch the Chappelle special, The Closer, uh, he was, you know, he's a comedian. He was telling jokes. And some of these jokes uh, were about transgenders and, and others, right? Now, I grew up in the golden age of comedians. I mean, we're talking Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, uh, Martin Lawrence, uh, Chris Tucker, uh, Bernie Mac, you know, uh, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, all, all, I mean, this is, I mean, we're talking about the who's who of, of comedy from like the, the late, uh, at least, you know, my time growing up, you know, the, the nineties, the late eighties, early nineties, early two thousands, deaf comedy jam. I mean, we're talking about comedians, comedians. I'm not even just talking about the black comedians. Like I'm one to say that you can make a case that George Carlin is the greatest comedian of all time, the GOAT comedian. I mean, go go down that George Carlin uh, rabbit hole. Uh, shoot, I like the Andrew Dice Clay. You know, Hickory Dickory Doc. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I was all, you know, into that stuff too. So, I mean, this is a golden age of comedy. And I think in 2021, let me preface this by saying is that it's a good thing that things that were problematic in the past, uh, you don't do in the present. I think that's a great thing. I think that's an amazing thing. There are things that, as a black person, you should really understand that completely because you surely wouldn't want someone saying, well, in 1960, <laughs> that you they were able to do this, so they should be able to do it in 2021. So that, that's, a, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for certain things, I would say, to be not done at a certain time because they're they're problematic. Like you couldn't do Eddie Murphy raw in 2021. Now people need to understand just because you can't do it in 2021, that doesn't mean that he was some sort of terrible person in 1987. <laughs> it's a different time. I think that's really the, one of the main crux that people don't understand is that 
your social norms and what's socially acceptable changes as you go along. Now, if you change with it, you shouldn't necessarily be punished from what was in your past if you've learned from it. Now, if you're doing the same things in your past that you're doing in your future or your present, then that's a problem. Like I thought one of the interesting jokes, not even a joke, that 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 Dave Chappelle talked about wasn't even about the transgenders or the gays or anything. It was about Kevin Hart. And he was talking about how Kevin Hart had told anybody in the, in the, in the comedian community, because they have their own community, that his dream, his goal, and he said this back when he his 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 movies were like you would you would to see a Kevin Hart movie you'd have to go on Napster to get it. There's plenty of them available at Blockbuster. <laughs> we talk about straight to DVD movies. But they tell anybody that listen that his his goal in life, one of the things that he wanted to do to let people know that he made it, was to host the Oscars. And he got the opportunity to host the Oscars. But then they pulled tweets from 10 years ago, uh, you know, that were problematic 10 years ago. Now, Kevin Hart 10 years ago and Kevin Hart today, two different people because society changes. But they held him accountable for stuff that happened 10, 10 years ago. Even though it's like, hey, that was 10 years ago. I said something that I shouldn't have said, you know. And that's kind of the problem that we're in right now. It's like the stuff in the past affecting your present, but, you know, how bad is it really? Is it a momentary lapse in judgment? Was everybody doing it back then? I mean, could you know, if you listen to the Bernie Mac uh, performance from Kings of Comedy, that wouldn't fly today. But that was kind of common back then. So he wasn't like out of the ordinary. And what got me was that, Dave Chappelle does this this comedy show. If you if you if you watched it on Netflix, if you really paid attention, the crux of what he was trying to say, the entire thing that he was trying to say throughout the whole thing, and that's just kind of how he does, you know, his comedy now, is that if you are a minority, right, and and you are used to people doing negative things, you know, towards you. You're used to people wanting to do harm to you, right? You should be additionally sensitive to doing that to other people, right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You should you should be additionally sensitive to 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 other people. Like as a black person, I think you know, we are, can we should be more sensitive to other, you know, races that's you know not white and and situations because we know what that's like, right? And what Dave was trying to say is that you guys are so sensitive to your own situation, right? That either consciously or subconsciously, you negatively you you negatively go after people who are your biggest supporters other minorities and it was you know I don't even know if it was subtle comedy but it was pretty clear to me you know I mean he basically said it at the end like it's you want to be treated equally right but jokes if you want to be treated equally the jokes are coming at everybody right and I think that's a that's a that's a real like do you really want to be treated equally or do you want to be treated above everybody else, which is a white trope? Do you want to see yourself as superior? And I give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about, which I thought was quite possibly the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life on these internets. Is there was an article. I thought it was fake. There's an article. This was what the article was about. And if you haven't seen the movie Halloween Kills, spoiler alert. It's okay movie. It's not great, not not bad. It's, it's just a Halloween movie. But Michael Myers, who's been around what since what seventy six or whatever seventy eight, well, Michael Myers, who's been around since seventy eight, who's killed pretty much everybody, women, uh, black people, white people. You know, doesn't kill kids, but if you're a teenager. 
you're over like 12, you should probably watch out. Old people, young people, whoever, you know, fictional character that, you know, wears a mask, kills everybody, right? So for inclusion, they decided to add a gay couple to Halloween Kills, you know, to be a you know, better representation of what America is right now. And Michael Myers kills the gay couple because that's what he does. They were living in his house. And there's an article. Like I said, once again, thought it was fake. There's an article. And it says, Halloween Kills. Go look it up. I'm not even made it. Go to your Googles. Halloween Kills proves that Michael Myers is homophobic. True story. It's a long article, too. It's a long, long article. It talks about violence against gays and all of this stuff. And, and Michael Myers was homophobic because he killed these gay people in the movie. Serious. No joke. This is this is a true article that is out there on like Yahoo News or something like that. And it just made me think. Like, do you want to be treated equally? Or do you want to be treated above people? Do you want to look down on people? Or as Dave says, you want to punch down on people. Because part of exclusion is, well, if I want to be in a Halloween movie, uh, he's going to kill me. <laughs> That's just the whole point of the movie. Like, it would be worse if he didn't kill him. What is that trying to say? Michael Myers could kill black people, literally stab a, spoiler alert, stabbed a black woman, and then kept stabbing and put all the knives in the back. He killed a bunch of teenagers, killed a black couple, killed an interracial couple, killed a cop, killed a bunch of firemen. That was a an article about that as well, believe it or not. And, but he wouldn't kill the gay people? You think he cares that they're gay? Some, uh, a fictional, psychopathic killer cares that they're gay? So he's going to kill them extra than the person he just slashed their throat and killed with a, a lamp or something? This is where we're at right now. This is what Chappelle is talking about. These Netflix people Stormed out of that building. Stormed out of that building. They protest. Dave Chappelle said they care more about, they're more sensitive than the baby killing a black guy in the Walmart. They just prove them right. A thousand think pieces. Dave Chappelle should be canceled. Dave Chappelle should be the comedian. Tells jokes. If you are offended by jokes, don't watch the show. <laughs> it's very simple concept. Life, if you really just drill down to it, it's very simple. It's a simple concept. If you are transgender and you don't like Dave Chappelle telling transgender jokes, don't watch Dave Chappelle. <laughs> simple. And another thing, I just got to point this out. I know I'm rambling, but hey, it's whatever. This, you're here, you want to hear these deeper thoughts. Good people, normal people, regular people, can watch, listen, read, anything that they want that's considered entertainment. And when that's over, don't think of any type of craziness afterwards. As it reminds, like, remember when, um, well, I mean, just think about rap music. Rap music is always the blame, Right? I was 13, 14 years old listening to the Ghetto Boys and NWA. Imagine being 13 years old and, you know, you listen to MC Ren talk about she swallowed it. Half the time, I didn't even know what these guys was talking about. I remember I was listening to Biggie and he was talking about uh, the Beretta, right? And I thought he was talking about the car, not the gun. But I didn't go out and, you know, shoot a bunch of people because I was listening to NWA. You know, I play Grand Theft Auto. I don't go out and rob cars. You know, I watch wrestling. I'm not drop kicking people in Target. I can listen to a comedian tell a joke. 
and not be offended by it because that's their job, <laughs> you know. And if I don't care for the comedian, if I don't care for the TV show, if I don't care for the movie, don't have to watch it. You don't want to watch Michael Myers kill gay people or black people or white people, don't have to watch it. Don't have to go to the movie theater. You don't have to go on HBO Max. You don't have to do it. There's a lot of stuff I don't watch. You know why? Because I don't like it. I don't watch the hot take shows anymore. Because I don't like it. I have to see the clips on social media all the time. I just saw a clip today. Somebody was Stephen A. Smith. I take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. I don't like see, I don't like seeing stuff like that. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a nice guy. Oh, a former Buckeye. Right? He's played a season, not, not even a full season. Has been in the playoffs. Haven't won anything. Hasn't been any records. Has a good game where Jamar Chase is giving the, the Ravens DBs hell. Has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson. Been an MVP. Has the most wins of someone like in their first 50 games or some strange stuff like that. Has been in the playoffs. Has a playoff win. There's nothing to suggest that Joe Burrow is going to be better than Lamar Jackson. There's no way you can make that determination at this point. Absolutely none. At this point, you can only say that Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. Why? Because he's proven it. Now, five years, ten years, you can look back and say, okay, this guy was better than this guy. This guy was better than that guy. You can't say that after two or, uh, when one guy doesn't have a full season under his belt. Has like ten games. There's no way to know that. He had, one, he had a very good game. The Bengals look like a very good team. They have the exact same records as the Ravens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why I don't watch the shows. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive. But if you're a sensitive person about sensitive issues, don't watch. It's as simple as that. You don't have to walk out. You don't have to walk. You Look, they walked out because of Dave Chappelle, Netflix workers. I I go on Netflix, you know, I, I'm not like a, a, a addict, but I watch stuff on there, right? And you know if you leave Netflix on, uh, it'll show you all of the stuff that they have going on. And let me tell you something. If you just want to be offended just by being offended, there's a lot of things on Netflix to be offended by. There's a lot of shows, a lot of documentaries. There's a lot of stuff that you can be like, something. you know, this is very offensive to me. But you still work there. Is it just offended because David Chappelle said it? Just because Dave Chappelle said it doesn't make it law. Who cares? He's just a comedian. He's a very good comedian. A lot of people like him. But he's still just a person. Just kidding. So what if Dave Chappelle said it? Here's the thing. Here's all you here's all you do when you do that. When you do all of that stuff and act all extra and stuff, this makes more people watch. That's all it is. It makes more people watch. Like, I had planned to watch it, but because I knew I was doing the pot, I watched it earlier. Now, I got to see what all the hell what everybody's talking about, which is why I get to my next segment. If you're sensitive, don't watch. I'm tired of sensitive people. I'm just tired, honestly. I'm doing great. I'll be I'm doing fine. I, you know, I'm about as happy as I can be. But that's why, like, every once in a while, I come to you guys and say, you know something? One day, that offer is going to come across my table, <laughs> going to come across my desk, and I'm going to raise a rock eyebrow to it, and I'm going to take it, and you guys are never going to see me again. You know, and when I say never see me again, I don't mean, like, literally never see me again. Like, I'll pop up at stuff. I'll make it, you know, an appearance here and there, but you, I'm just because it's, I'm just, it's just, it's, it's, it's a grind sometimes dealing with it. It's Michael Myers. You can't write an article that saying Michael Myers is homophobic. You, I mean, that's, you just can't. This is where, we're, like, come on, man. Like, I just, just makes you breathe. You know, you just see something, you just start breathing real hard. Like, you just, you know. Come on, man. It's tough. This is ridiculous. I told you this wasn't going to be a regular show. It's not going to be a regular show. 
Have you seen Squid Games? It's been out for like a month now, so, you know, once again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen uh, Squid Games. Um, it's on Netflix, once again. Um, so, when I first saw this, Squid Game, Squid Game, Squid, everybody talk about Squid Game, I'm like, that doesn't sound like an interesting show. <laughs> you know, maybe they should have changed the title, because at first I'm like, ah, Squid Games, I don't know about that. Uh, squid, gotta watch, gotta watch Squid Games, Squid Games, Squid Games. So I'm like, okay. So I remember one, one morning, because my dog Barkus, uh, for whatever reason, is likes to be walked at six a.m. <laughs> like I need, I like doing. When I had Ellie, remember when I had Ellie? R.I.P. Yeah, Ellie didn't take the walk to ten o'clock. She was chilling. Ellie would, you know, take that night night walk at like nine ten. And then I, I wouldn't hear from her again at 10 a.m. She, she'd just be sleeping. Like, she slept. Nelly slept, slept. And then 10 o'clock, she come rolling in like, hey, let's go. But no, not Barkus. Barkus is like a, the actual, I guess, dog. <laughs> like, hey, guys, look, man, it's 6 a.m. It's time to go. I need to give him some fresh air. Anyway, so one day, I'm like, okay, 6 a.m., and I walk the dog. I can't go back to sleep. There's nothing really going on in the world of sports and in sports entertainment. Let me start watching the Squid Game. To my surprise, very good. Very good because if you ignore the games part, it's really more about like human condition and the fact that really a lot of us are dealing with a lot of shit. And if we had the opportunity to change it change our lives, even if it meant putting our own lives at risk, probably do it. Probably do it. Some people are that down on their luck. I thought the, the you know, like, mo- the most people like the episode where, you know, uh, the Marbles game, and basically with the Marbles game, you know, they, they set up, uh, you got 10 marbles, and you pick a game, and whoever gets the 10 marbles gets to live, the other person gets shot, uh, before the game, they had to pick, you know, who they wanted to play with. So they always they picked people that they liked uh, because they figured it was like a tag team, you know, game. But it was not. So they ended up having to kill a lot of their friends and do a lot of shady stuff to do it. The old man died, but, you know, he really didn't die. Spoiler alert again, whatever. <laughs> right? Everybody thinks that, that that's the, the best episode. It's not. The best episode, I tell you, I believe it's episode two. Uh, I think it's episode two. So after they play red light, green light, and they shoot up a bunch of people, they lose about half the players because people start realizing that eliminate literally means elimination. And they come back and they go over the rules of the game and they say, hey, listen, one of the rules of the game is that the majority can vote like the end of the game at any time and the money that's in the pot goes to the families of the people that got shot, right? So they vote at that time to eliminate the game because like, hey man, people are getting shot. I think the shock of that is like, hey man, I'm out of here. This is crazy. This is insane. This is an insane situation. And then they all go back home. And when they go back home, they give them like two weeks or something. They all realize that their lives are more terrible at home than they were when they, they had a 50-50 shot of getting shot. And what, like 93% come back. Because at that point, before, it's like, okay, these people are evil. This is a terrible game. Like, this is not nice stuff. This shouldn't be celebrated. But when you voluntarily come back to a game where you know that the stakes are win or die, at that point, it's not the game's problem. You know what I'm saying? You can't judge the game anymore, the people that are in it, because you voluntarily came back. And that's a metaphor for life. Life is a lot like you see in a situation that's not good for you. You walk away, and then what are the chances of you going back? Think of it like addiction, right? You're addicted to something, gambling, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, and you walk away, like say Delonte West. And then you voluntarily go back because, you know, whatever reasons. Now it's like, how do people, you know, people still feel for you, but it's not quite the same. 
So good show. I would encourage you to watch it if you haven't watched this. You know, hopefully I talked fa- past past the spoilers. But I'll tell you about the ending. So once again, spoiler alert. You skip to the next segment if you need to. The ending messes up the entire series. You have eight and a half episodes that are great, right? Eight and a half episodes that are great. You get to the end of the series, there's a twist. Twist about the old man not really dying. That really doesn't bother me. I can live or, you know, I can live with it, live without it. That part doesn't bother me. Um, there's also a problem with, like, the police officer that infiltrated the the, the sanctum or whatever uh, and is to find his brother. And his brother is the actual one that's helping run the game. And his brother shoots him and he falls off the cliff. cliff. There's no resolution to that. That's, like I said, that's nitpicking, right? So I, I live with or without that. I'm the, they maybe should have tied that up a little tidier. But the problem that I had was in these last 30 minutes, after all of the twists and loopholes and everything, is the main character, he doesn't spend any of his money that he won. He won, he won the Squid Games. He beat all the people. He gets all of my $38 million U.S. dollars. He doesn't spend a dollar because he feels guilty about how he won the money and how they, it, it, the trauma still happened in his life when he came back. So he's just living, you know, just enough to get by. Then he goes to the bank, and the bank is like, look, you put $38 million in a savings account with like, a, you know, you're not getting much interest. Is everything okay? You haven't spent any money and everything. And then he goes and he sees the old man is alive. And all of a sudden, he realizes, like, listen, the money's not going anywhere. I might as well do something with it. Positive, right? So he starts doing positive things, things that he promised other people and helping the, you know, his friends who passed away in the, in the thing. So he's doing all these positive things. He gets a nice haircut and everything. And the most positive thing that he can do is he has a daughter. And he's been, he's not a bad dad. It's just his circumstances, you know, make him a bad dad. And his daughter's in the United States now. And he's going to go visit his kid. And he has, you know, gave away half of his money to the mom of his, you know, fallen, you know, best friend and everything. But still, he still got, he still got 16, oh, my math is bad, $18 million, or $19 million. You still got half your money. You, I mean, you can live well off $19 million. Ask Kyrie. And he's getting ready to get on the plane. And he sees, you know, when he's getting ready to go on the plane, he's getting, you know, when he's on his way to the airport, he sees that they're starting up another squid game. And instead of getting on the plane and seeing his daughter, knowing that if he doesn't get on the plane, he may, A, never see his daughter again and cause irreparable damage to their relationship. Turns around and as if he's going to, you know, as if he's like Captain America or Superman or something and he's going to, Stop the squid games. That's when it changed from like what normal people would do to Hollywood. And that's kind of how life is. Life is, you know, normal people doing normal things until they feel like they got to do something that's Hollywood. Because if any of us survived the squid games, I could totally see a scenario where we would feel guilty about the cash. Especially if I, if I, all of our loved ones had passed away, I can see going into a depression because of, because of what everything that you see, because money doesn't buy happiness. I can see all of that happening, right? But the one thing that I cannot see happening is a father, a father who now has an opportunity to have a relationship with his daughter who he hasn't seen in a year would give an F and F, a flying F about what's going on in that game when he has a chance to see his kid that he hasn't seen in, in, in a year. That's Hollywood. And that sucks. Because if you ever think like that, don't. Go see your kid. The Injustice League. You tell me what's worse. And and mind you, both of these are bad. Tell me, but you tell me what's, what's worse in your opinion. Is it worse... If a white man calls a black man Michelin tire lips or a billion dollar corporation figures out a way 
to make sure that a black man, many black men, with dementia don't get a $500,000 settlement that they deserve because they put their health on the line for that industry. I think most people would say the latter, not the former. Well, not if you're sports media. Because if you're sports media, you prefer to talk about John Gruden's email where he calls the commissioner a pussy and says DeMora Smith has Michelin tire lips. You'd rather focus on that than say the NFL using race norming to deny ex-black NFL players with dementia $500,000. The NFL stands for not for long. Yeah, you know Tom Brady. You know Aaron Rodgers. You know Derrick Henry. You know Julio Jones. You know uh, the, the you you know uh, uh, the big names, right? That's what I'm trying to say. You know you know how much money they make. The big names, right? What you don't know, unless you're a diehard fan in a local market, you don't know all the special teams play third string linebacker the fifth string wide receiver the ones that are making look not bad money $200,000 a year maybe they get a million but their careers are, are short one year two year three years the shelf life is four years for an NFL player if you're an NFL player and you are on specialty for four or five years. You running down at full speed, slamming into people. Your brain is getting concussed each time. And in 10, 20 years, you can't remember your wife's name, your kid's name. You can't remember where you put the paper. Well, maybe not the newspaper because people don't do that anymore. And it's all because the NFL held things out about traumatic brain injuries and you think you're going to get this $500 $500,000 settlement but you don't get it because the NFL says because you're black when you were born you were dumber than white people your brain doesn't function as well as white people you're inherently stupid and more apt for dementia because you're black just because of your skin color. This is something that's been that was outlawed in nineteen ninety-one. It's wild that it even was in existence. It's been outlawed for thirty years, forty years. But NFL still using it in twenty twenty one. Nobody's talking about it. They little research. Like well, I'm sure, surely ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, has had at least one of the 1,500 NFL reporters and hot takers speak on this. Nope. There's a, don't get me wrong. There's articles on ESPN about it, but they're all from the Associated Press, which is, for those that don't know, it's a, the Associated Press is a wire service. And what does that mean? A wire service means that if you subscribe to the wire service, uh, pretty much anybody can take that article and just copy and paste it. So if you see Associated Press on USA Today or SI or ESPN, it's the same article. There's no differences. There's no changes. They just took it from what the wire. This used to be common practice when uh, media companies didn't have enough reporters to report on everything. So what you would do is you'd find stories from the quote-unquote wire and just put that in your, your newspaper. Or in this case, your website. But ESPN has more than enough NFL reporters. Plenty of money to go around and do interviews with these ex-black uh, NFL players. Plenty of money to go around and go try to get a comment from Roger Goodell or somebody. Nope, just took it from the wire. I'm not talking about it on the hot take shows. We gotta talk about Gruden's emails. We gotta talk about Lamar Jackson again. We gotta talk about LeBron in 13 segments 
three games into the season. Can't find five minutes for this? Not asking for a lot. Five minutes, ten minutes. You're on for three hours every day, Monday through Friday. You, you pop up on Monday night football. You got it. You know, just, look, just on, just on ESPN, you got first things first for 50 hours. You got first take for 90 hours. You got NFL Live. You got NFL pregame show, halftime show, postgame show, Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, 90 Sports Centers in between. You got multiple networks. You talk about it on ESPN2, ESPN News. You got 30 shows on ESPN+. Not five, can't find five minutes? Why is that? Why can't you find five minutes for this? This is, this, race norming is defined as taking someone's race into account before giving a result of a test. So, in layman's terms, if the if the test says you have to score a 50, right, to get your concussion settlement, right, on all these baseline, whatever, like, tests that they give, but they say, well, and you can do it negative or positive way, however you want to do it, but let's just say, just to make it seem what it really is, they say, well, because of you being black, we're going to take five points away from you from the beginning. So the white player started zero, you started negative five. Now, let's say your test, you do all your scores and everything, and you score a 53 on the test, and your white counterpart scores a 50. Well, unfortunately, you got to take off that negative five. So now you're at 48, and you don't get your $500,000. People, you know, I know everybody's rich on social media. But $500,000 when you're suffering and you have a family, you have kids, that's big. That's huge. It's tax-free, too. But they start you off at a negative just because you're black. Like, scientifically, makes no sense. Scientifically speaking, you know, with DNA and all of that stuff, we just, you know, we come out the way that the DNA is all mixed together, right? Like, there's a lot of dumb white people out there. <laughs> sure, when you mix their DNA, dumb child comes out. A lot of smart black people mix their DNA, smart kid comes out. Has nothing to do with race. Has to do with the two individuals. How do you do it if it's mixed race? Or if it's an Asian? Do you get a, do you get a break then? You know, like, you know, what? It just doesn't work. Everybody comes out individually. That's what people don't understand. It's not because you're smarter or dumber. It's just you are a unique individual towards your unique lineage. You know, your lineage determines how you come out. And then when you come out, then you have an opportunity just like everybody else to dictate how your life goes. Now, unfortunately, circumstances makes it easier for some, harder for others. We don't get to choose our parents. We don't get to choose the situation we're born into. And don't get me wrong, it's not just a money situation. Some people can be born rich and still have serious problems. But you just don't get to pick your situation. But when you come out that womb, you come out as an individual. Not, you can literally cannot quantify the entire race of babies just because they're black, just because they're white, just because they're Asian, because they're Mexican. That's, a, that's, that's too complex to be that simple. You can't just say, well, black people have slower cognitive functions at birth. Like, you just can't say that. There's just way too much complexity to that to just try to make it that simple. That sounds like some slavery shit. That sounds like, you know, three-fifths of a man. That's what that sounds like. That's dehumanizing. And the NFL used that in 2021. And no one is talking about it. No one. And when I say no one, I don't mean like literally no one. I mean the people that you see every single day on TV, listen to on radio, that you see on the news, that you see on all these shows. They talk about the NFL all the time. Nothing. And I'm not trying to be mean to anybody because I'm not just saying it's the black guys, but it's Jay Glazer, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Stephen A. Smith, 
I just Shannon Sharp. I'm talking about all of them. And don't get me wrong. I know they work for a company. Company says we can't talk about it because we're NFL partners. I get it. It's not that I don't get it. Not that I don't understand it. But that's my job. I'm not beholden to the NFL. If they take my credential away, so be it. I've, 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 I've been to 10 Super Bowls. It's really no different than, you know, watching it at home. But if they do, I know why. Because I spoke my mind. And that's why a lot of people don't speak. They don't speak up just for that reason. Because they're scared of stuff getting taken away from them. But you can't not going to take away my voice. Because I've already done everything that people said I couldn't do. I did it. I did it all. Everything that people said I couldn't do, I did it. Became success. Covered events, covered premieres, been on TV, been on radio, done it all. So I'm always going to keep speaking the truth. Just a matter if you want to hear it or not. Keep the same energy. You saw the guy who got the football from Tom Brady's 600 uh, TD pass and he gave it back and they gave him a gift card and some signed jerseys the ball is worth at least half million dollars from what people say on the auction a block now you also hear people say he did the right thing sometimes you have to do the right thing. Karma will be on your side for doing the right thing. You hear a lot about people. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. There's a movie about it. Do the right thing. <laughs> do the right thing. I learned about Jordans from do the right thing. <laughs> do the right thing. You hear it a lot. Right? They teach it. Do the right thing in school. Do the right thing. Try to always do the right you hear it every day. You hear it a lot. You hear it a lot. But there's a part of that phrase that's missing. It's the part that people don't tell you about. Now, it's the part that I would like to say the elites, or who think that they're elite, the, the people that look down on society, they know the other part of that phrase. They use that phrase every single day. But they don't forget this very important part of that phrase. Yeah, do the right thing. But it should be do the right thing for you and your family. You put your friends in there as well. Do the right thing for you, your family, and your friends. That's the key portion that they always leave out. Because they want you to do the right thing for them. <laughs> but what's the, the right thing for them or the other person is not necessarily the right thing for you. You found a bag full of cash. The right thing for them is for you to turn it into the bank so they can have their money back. The right thing for you Put that money in your closet. <laughs> Don't spend it all at one time because it might have tracking numbers on it. Go, go clean that money. Go clean that money. Don't, don't. If you find fifty thousand dollars in a bag, don't go buy a forty-nine thousand dollar car in cash. You gotta, you gotta clean that money. If you don't know what I mean by cleaning that money, it means you got to somehow process that money out to get new money. And you have to do it like in small increments. Get a $100 money order. I don't know if I should even be telling you guys. Get a $100 money order and then cash the money order. That's not, that $100 is clean. Clean the money. Small purchases. Under a thousand dollars, because anything making purchases in cash in twenty twenty one, big part they gonna flag it. 
But that's what's best for you. What was best for them was Tom Brady getting his ball back. That's what was best for Brady. That was what's best for the NFL. That was what's best for the Bucks. But it wasn't best for him. Gift card five hundred thousand dollars. What's best for you? Once again, we just talked about that. Five hundred thousand dollars changed a lot of people's life. If he went to the auction block, here's the thing: if you if you don't know how these things work, like he wouldn't have to like go on eBay or anything himself. What he does is he he goes to the auction house, and what they do is they buy the whatever you have your memorabilia. And then they try to auction it off for a profit, like selling a used car. You ever sold a used car before? Here's how that works, just in case you don't know. Say your car is worth $10,000. You go to a dealership or whatever, if you want to sell it. They say, okay, we're not going to give you $10, we'll give you 80 Well, you want the cash. It's harder for you on your own maybe to get 10 So you just take the 80 because it's easy, transactional. They take the eight, they sell it for fifteen. You know, they wash it, maybe change the upholstery, change, sell it for fifteen. What do you think when when you do your iPhones and switch them over? What do you think happens? Here's here's what happens. Here's, I'll tell you exactly what happens. You probably don't know. Maybe you notice, know maybe you don't. So say you want to buy a new iPhone. The new iPhone is a thousand bucks, nine hundred ninety nine dollars. You have an old iPhone, right? So you want the iPhone 13, you have the iPhone 11. They said, we're going to give you $500 for your iPhone 11. You just pay $500 for the iPhone 13, and you can do it over 24 months, no interest. Fine, sounds like a good deal. So what do they do? They take your iPhone 11, <laughs> as long as it's in good shape, clean it up a bit, put a new case on it, sell it for $750. Because, you know, Sell it for 600 Sell it for whatever. Because in reality, your, your $900 phone, $999, really that's all it costs. They're getting their money on all other type of stuff. Taxes and all this other stuff. Do what's right for you. Do the right thing for you. Not for them. And that's essentially what this whole podcast episode has been about if you didn't notice it's about doing the right thing for you and not really caring so much what's the right thing for them because they don't care about you so before you start arguing with people before you start getting into it before you get stressed about this thing is this the right thing for me (laughs) Does this work for me? Is this good for me? Or is this good for them? Remember, if you arguing with if someone with two followers, that's good for them. It's not good for you. They need you for anybody to pay any attention to. What is good for you? Do the right thing for you. It's 2021. Very dangerous out here. For various reasons. Do the right thing for you and your family and your friends and the people that do right by you. Do the right thing for them. That's who you do the right thing for. Think about yourself first. Who cares if somebody goes on TV and say he should have did the right thing for Brady. That's not going to pay his mortgage. That's not going to pay his card note. That's not going to pay his bills. In two weeks, we won't be talking about this anymore. In two weeks, that $1,000 gift card, I'm assuming it'll be gone. But $500,000 wouldn't. It's Christmas time. I don't know if you got a lady. Maybe she wants a Chanel bag. He always wanted to give her one. Can't give her one at the Bucks team shop. Do what's best for you. Do the right thing for yourself, for your family, for your friends. 
You're thinking about vaccination and stuff like that. Who are you doing this for? What are you doing? Are you thinking about yourself, your friends, your family? Or are you thinking about other people or other things? Are you thinking about Donald Trump? Trump's already vaccinated. Who are you doing this for? Why are you doing it? Do what's best for you, your family, your friends, the people that support you. There are people that's out there that they tried to storm, storm Barclays Center. You're doing this for Kyrie Irving? <laughs> You're doing it for Kyrie Irving? No beef with Kyrie. Does a lot of great things. Kyrie Irving's making $16 million. Makes it a lot easier to sit at home. You make if you if you said, hey Rob, uh, you don't have to get the vaccine and we'll still give you $16 million, I probably wouldn't get it. <laughs> but if I want to go do things, nobody's giving me $16 million. Gotta do it. How else am I gonna, you know, get the content of Rolling Romero in a fur coat when it's 85 degrees outside? Had to get the vaccine. Do what's best for you. Do the right thing for you. You're doing it for Kyrie. It's Kyrie paying your bills. If you work somewhere and they say you got to get the vaccine and you say, well, Kyrie didn't get it. Is Kyrie going to come pay your rent? Think about it. Do the right thing for you, for your family, for your friends, not for other people. It's a lesson for you. That's what this whole podcast has been about. Hope you learned something. Hope you opened your mind to some things. Do what's right for you. I appreciate you listening. Please follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, BSOTV. Big shout out to ABF Creative for having put this podcast together. I'm out.